You're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. The WordBros.com. Welcome to another edition of Word Bros. Who's our guest this week, Bob? Evan, for episode 101, we're speaking to the very talented and very charming and very fun Aliana Kangas. If you're anywhere on comic social media, you know who she is because she's everywhere and everybody likes her. Like she's the one, the one person that we all can rally around and go, you know what? Liana's pretty great. Liana's great. Yeah. Liana's great. So uh, it's a really long interview. So we don't want to spend too much time yapping about other things. Um, so let's listen to Liana Kangas right now. So there's no need for anything. She's a professional. She's the best. You are like a, a five tool player of the comics game. You've got your podcast. You've got your books. You're a writer. You're like a super crowd Twitch streamer. Fighter. Your Twitch stream is on fire. Your Twitter is hot to death. Liana Kangas, you are like, you're the Willie Mays of comics. Like you're just the best all around player there's ever been. And you look dapper and fantastic, by the way, with the blazer and stuff on, look at you go. She's so Thank fashionable. You. I know. It's a, it's a leather jacket for those not Whoa. seeing it. So you're rocking the Arthur <laughs> It's cold Fonza- in my house. You're yeah. rocking the Arthur Fonzarelli thing. I dig that. <laughs> She came on to say, hey. Hey. that's awesome. But you said you were dressed up because you were doing your Twitch stream today because you're launching a podcast. Yes. Yeah. So I actually do my Twitch stream every week. Okay. Um, I draw and like talk to people or like, I'll have people on eventually one day WordPress will be on. Um, and I'll just hang out, draw, do whatever every Tuesday. Um, okay. And so, you know, Got to look presentable for everyone. All right, now let's just start. So if I wanted to watch this on Twitch, what would be the easiest way for me to find you so I could see this? This is for the Wait. old heads, Liana. We don't know what yeah. we're doing. Twitch. I, don't know nothing about, I don't know nothing about no Twitch. You know, actually, I think you can watch Twitch without an account too, which is really cool. It's like TV. Um, it's twitch.tv slash Liana Kangas. Okay. Um, same with all my other social media. And like, I try to tweet about it. Um, I've been a little lax, but last year I did every Tuesday and Friday. And so I would draw on Tuesdays and then Fridays I would like interview a friend or just do like coffee hour or whatever. Jeez, like, um, yeah, but it, you know, after... <laughs> Uh, booking books and things like that. I was just like, I'm going to cut out the Friday one just because, you know, I don't have enough time. And, you know, I don't want to get into the realm of being too comfortable talking to friends with it being publicly aired and then accidentally say something like NDA or, you know, something that's not out yet or somebody else's thing that's not out yet. So Mm -hmm. um, that'll be cut out for a little while just until I finish a couple um, projects and, you know. You are a friend of mine and I, he runs a bunch of cons. His name is Mike Federale, really good guy. Um, Him and I always talk about the 10,000 fan rule. Um, Have you ever heard of this? It's like the thing that Ani DeFranco kind of, I'm sure you're well aware of Ani DeFranco, yes. Are are we of the same age? Are we contemporaries here? I'm 43. I'm I'm a 
I'm a, I'm a decade younger. Oh but, my God. Let's, that makes me know. feel even worse about myself because you're 33. You're doing all this hot shit. Like you're taking off. Well, like, Cause I have the energy to still do it. I'm like, going to so, do it while I can because uh, my body's slowly dying. You know, she, no, she's really, <laughs> I think it's funny. Cause she just, she just hit you twice. That was awesome. No, you just called me like a, you just called Kevin and I like tired old men. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's true. It was a savage comeback. It was. You know, it's true. Compliment. Yeah. It's, but it's all true though. <laughs> Ani DeFranco has this kind of theory um, that she's lived, she's a like a mid nineties, like, like folk, folk singer, folk like rock, folk yeah. rock singer. She's really oh. great. She's got this huge following. She's wonderful. Um, she has Righteous Babe Records was kind of her thing. And her idea was like, if you have 10,000 fans that are committed to you no matter what, that's enough to make a living and that's all you really need. I feel like this is your model to success because you you've just like the people that interact with you on social media it's like you have it down pat like they're your pals like they're your buddies it's really interesting to watch as another creator uh, kevin and i admire your hustle like crazy i i wow that's a really big compliment number one number two um it helps that i think i because i worked retail uh the majority of my career pre-comics and then also worked um, in recruiting with a lot of teachers that essentially were like working either for special ed or working for that type of realm. So it's kind of used to people who were really easy to talk to and, you know, communicate with and things like that. I find it easier to communicate with people that like art and nerdy stuff. You know, it's kind of like, mm -hmm. It would have been the person in school that I would have talked to and hung out with. So like, why not approach that in the same way that I would approach everything else? And so it makes it a lot more cool because you connect with a lot of different people that you wouldn't usually connect with, especially with how my Patreon and stuff has grown. Um, I, you know, talk to a lot of people on there and in a lot of ways, like I hopefully can support their, you know, aspirations and career and stuff like that in other ways too. Like, you know, for instance, we all know John O., Right. So like, obviously he's a comics writer, but also, you know, he's very passionate about coffee and like started mm. the coffee company and things like that. And so like, just because I love coffee and I'm obsessed with coffee, I'll like push that till the day, you know, till the, the day ends. So it just, you know, finding common ground with people to me is really important. And I think that's why it's so easy for me. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> you've just, you've just done such a wonderful job building your brand. Um, it's, it's really impressive to see. And again, as I said, like a creator, um, Kevin and I just like watch in, in, in awe of just the way you just kind of move through these, these social media. The fluidity. Of, the yeah, fluidity. Just, it is. It's like water, man. Like it's really impressive to watch. Do you have any advice for people out there who are trying to build their own brand in comics? Because like I said, you've done such a masterful job at it. I'm sure you've got like just one tip for somebody. Tip. Um, I'm trying to think because I'm kind of helping a couple friends out with uh, doing their Twitch streams and stuff like that. I think being, um, you know, diligent about posting all the time, whether it be, you know, about your own work or sharing others, um, that's worked for me. I don't know if that works for other people. I know some people kind of want to keep their brand how it is, but I think, you know, uplifting other voices is a lot more important. And then, um, you know, from a design standpoint, maybe, because I personally feel like my stuff is chaotic and I still haven't figured it out. So I appreciate the compliments. But I think from a design standpoint, because I did work in graphic design prior to comics, um, just like being consistent, which by the way, that was a long time ago. So like, 
far out of the game and have a lot of appreciation for designers and <laughs> stuff in comics. Oh my God. Um, but anyway, like keeping to your same color palettes, which is probably why a lot of people recognize my work because I accidentally stick to the same color palette, but it's because I like it and I <laughs> am not comfortable about straying outside of it yet. Um, and then like, you know, same fonts, same everything. And then people eventually, you know, after the fifth time, I think the rule is of thirds or fifths after so many times of posting it, people start recognizing you. So I think a lot of people that post often, like artists, like I'm thinking of uh, like Lan Lloyd right now, mm -hmm. they post all the time mm -hmm. and you can tell it's their style yes. constantly because they are always posting. And so that's why I think they're blowing up and things like that. So I, just as an example, because they're very talented, but um, that I think is the biggest bit of advice especially because there's, you know, like one of my favorite friends, Sweeney Boo, she posts all the time. I was like, how you're like not sleeping or something, you know, <laughs> but all of her work looks so great together. And so I think as long as you build this like consistency and like a volume of work, people will see it. People will come even like for writers too. I think writers know how to curate um, their favorite artists and things like that and I think that kind of ends up building later on a lot slower but still applies you or go. you can just drink hot sauce because that's what I do that's true yeah. or you have a shtick right yeah, <laughs> yeah, you have a yeah. yeah I have a shtick yeah shtick yeah, so hot sauce. <laughs> you are just I mean it's really impressive to watch man so congratulations on that um I think the first time you came across our radar as like a like an artist was with she said destroy that's with what you did with vault comics correct yeah yeah mm -hmm. now tell us about that tell us about working with vault and and what she said destroy is all about maybe people can go pick that up if they'd like if yeah. they don't have it already. So yeah. volume, uh, she said destroy volume one is uh, at your local comic shop by Vault Comics. You can get it um, or ask them to still get it. Um, it's about a space goddess essentially that uh, wants to protect her particular planet and her followers. And her sister, who's another space goddess, uh, kind of wants to take the remaining power of the gods and use it for her people instead. So it's like a dichotomy battle between two sisters and like who's, you know, what's the righteous answer between the both and things like that. I don't want to give too much away, but um, I had a great time doing it. I did it with Joe Corallo and Rebecca Nalti and Melanie Ujimori. And uh, it was a phenomenal team. Can't wait to work with them again one day. And um, yeah, you can get that. And apparently you can get my old book with uh, Vida Ayala um the black af devils die um that is just now coming to trade apparently <laughs> tomorrow which i'm not sure when you release this podcast but uh, it'll be out next monday next monday oh perfect well so apparently the trade paperback for my first series that i ever did um will be available it's black mask called devils die so nice okay nice yeah Give which seeing it years later <laughs> is kind of jarring but at the same time like you get it like that's comics that's you know direct market for you like yeah, oh the trade's coming out yeah. so that's awesome everything that we're doing now we were that's coming out in the ninja nuns with the exception of ninja nuns is the exception because we did that in like three months but like everything everything else that's going to be coming out soon has been done for a while Mm -hmm. yeah, just, so that's the way it works it's weird that comics works that way because you can see yourself progressing as a talent and and yes. and your work gets so much better but that's a good thing like if you're static yeah. then you're not learning you're not growing yeah exactly that's true 
Um, I don't want to look at my old pages <laughs> just because I'm that type of person. Um, but I have like scrolled or flipped, flipped back through. She said destroy recently because I was sending um, a true cult backer uh, a volume signed. And I was like, oh, I did a really good job on this one page. You know what I mean? Like just no, still no, being no, able to be like, all right, like I can... You know, I don't hate it. It's good. It's good. So. We've done that before because yeah. we were looking through an old script and Bobby was like, I forgot how good that one scene was. Like, and like when I was reading it, it was weird because I forgot that we wrote that. And I was like, and I laughed when he said that. I was like, I remember writing it's like that. someone else possessed our bodies. And I don't remember this at all. When did Grant Morrison enter my being and write this? <laughs> This scene. That's awesome. Yeah. So you've got true cult now too. That was your smash hit Kickstarter thing. There's just, I feel like I'm bombarding you with like, with these, with these flowery statements and congratulatory. Oh no, this is the best day of but, my life. Thank but you. But I mean, you've done so much stuff in like the That's past, awesome. like eight yeah. months. It's got it. Like, how do you keep track of it? I don't sleep. You know, okay. I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, I hustle like, like I'm working towards a promotion 24 seven. Like okay. I kind of remember this feeling back at my day job being like, okay, I want the next thing. I want the next level. So I'm going to work really hard and I'm going to show them that I deserve that next level. And so, you know, I did get that next level with my previous desk job and I loved it. I got to travel. I got to do a whole bunch of stuff, which is why I feel like it integrated very well with comics. But now with comics, it's kind of like the reverse engineering where I feel like I'm trying to learn how to draw better every day and I'm trying to learn the other parts of comics that I didn't quite know outside of you know retail and things like that so being because I I feel like I know a lot of people that have been doing comics for twice or three times as long as I have and I'm just trying to be like a sponge towards like the knowledge of everything that they like any advice or whatever so um yeah feel like it's I've, i forgot the question already thank it's you okay. for the compliments dude whatever you can ramble on it's fine that's what we do all <laughs> so you're good to go bob rambles on every show yeah that's, good. My, that's kind of my that's his job that, that's, that's my job. brand like your brand is successful comics mine is just rambling aimlessly like a crazy person in a park holding and now headbands and now headbands the headband thing is new because i have i haven't been to a barber in in months i'm not going to out yet. in public with covid no so it's just grown out so this you is look what... like like mark marone joined dane's addiction that's what that's what it is it's <laughs> yeah. good though i love it, it, it I, I love it me. i dig the vibe yeah. it's it's great my friend my daughter hates it because um, it's her headband it that's why she hates it good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we're not here to talk about my hair. We can do that later. Okay. Um, let's let's talk about let's talk about True Cult because that was your Kickstarter yes, that you did over the that. summer. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We we did it aptly in October because you know Halloween and um, quote unquote Satanism and things like that. So um, <laughs> I love the air quotes on Satanism. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True Cult is like the like it's it's the mastermind. I feel like. Uh, we're striving to be as epic IP as like metal shark bros um, with like this fast food um, sort of world where this kid accidentally steals like a satanic record. Like we know that's been done before, but ours is different, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> so 
I, we got a really good response, which is really fun because it's like a heist and there's all this other stuff involved with it. Um, and we did it in October. We surpassed our goal, which honestly, huge for me. Um, we had a very low go goal for just the printing. So we were mm -hmm. able to like, you know, disperse money between creators. And that was really nice um, just to be paid for our efforts. And um we are i'm actually wrapping up issue two right now which is wild because it's only going to be four issues okay so right. it's going to be interesting to be like oh when is this going to go to trade and when am i going to see that in print because we don't have any plans for that yet the oh. plan was to only print issue one with all the extra back matter and like special stuff just for the kickstarter mm -hmm. and then release the all four issues digitally to the backers oh that's so cool. like it, yeah it's like a huge passion project and um what's great is we didn't think that it was going to um kind of kick off uh so well and so like i think sci-fi covered the kickstarter which i was like oh wow um and then uh you know a lot of other outlets which are favorites that usually kind of cover some of my other comic stuff um and so we have gab on colors gab Contreras, uh dc hopkins on letters um jasmine stone on marketing and my friend james savage who did like color assisting and the book has been just unreal and the more it comes to life like I've already read issues one through four and like after I read the fourth issue I was like weeping like calling Scott like this is the best comic I've ever read and I was like <laughs> cool now I have to draw it this is this no pressure so <clears throat> um oh sorry I was just gonna say anyway it's like a a brainchild slash um I don't know like it's one of those things where I never thought I'd get to the point where I'd be able to just like quote unquote, make whatever I want in mm -hmm. comics. And I've always been given that advice, but now that I'm actually doing it, I'm like, yes. Like wake up every day being like, I get to draw that page. That's cool. That's awesome. So like you have four issues digitally going to your backers. Is this something you're gonna ship around to publishers or are you just gonna kind of keep this thing in house and do it independently? And what are some, um, and if you decide to do that, what are some of the benefits to keeping it yourself doing it independently? Or are you like, fuck it, we're just gonna send this thing to image and we're gonna blow up and be super rich. And I'm gonna <laughs> have like six leather coats that I just pick one every day. Ever rotating, uh, there has to be seven, one for every That's, day of the week. I think yeah. Sunday is the um, Lord's day. You could wear white leather yeah. on that day. <laughs> That's you true. Know? Yeah. Get a custom white leather yeah, exactly. suit with exactly. image money. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, we would we would love, so we actually originally had it with a publisher, but because of COVID, um, it was one of those situations where we, uh, you know, kind of, it was like a decision to move forward with it without uh, getting a decision made. Mm -hmm. So we are open to it being published with publishers. Um, however, there there are no concrete plans and we have negotiations kind of going on with a whole bunch of stuff and like figuring out what the best place for it is. But uh, I think because Scott and I are so um, not obsessed with the project, but you know, <laughs> uh, slightly obsessed with the project, um, we're just being very particular. So it's kind of like, because we've done this on our free time and we're able to, um, you know, make it float with the Kickstarter and everything. I think we have the time and uh, leisure and ability to wait and decide and just see what works, you know, organically. Yeah, that's so, awesome. And yeah. it's great that you have the power to say no to the publishers in a way like, um, and I know that sounds weird to say, but like 
as comic creators, we forget sometimes that that like if you're offered like a deal that you don't really like, you can always say no. And I think that's yeah. a, I think that's a thing that a lot of comic people forget. They're like, oh my gosh, a publisher wants this, but it's like the worst deal ever. But I'm gonna say yes because it means a published book, and I'm, I I never get that logic. Like Bobby and I, when we talk about Just, things, Kevin, like, have you have I showed you my Action Lab contract? Is that what this yeah. is all about? <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, we've talked about the power of saying no before on this podcast. And like, um, and it helps you as a creator. You know, what's interesting is like, I actually, I think if you would have asked me three years ago, like I would have never said no, you know what I mean? But I think it just comes with the knowledge and time of like spending time and learning all these things and actually working with publishers and knowing what a good contract is and realizing your mistakes made earlier on. So I think like, (laughs) there's a lot of, um, and there's a lot to be said about, I am the type of person that, um, as you both know, I am willing to ask questions and be told no later. Like I'd rather ask questions and ask for people's advice. And if they don't feel like giving it to me, that's fine. But usually what I've found, and which is why I feel like I've made a ton of friends, uh, fairly easily is like, I'm like, whatever you need from me, tell me, but can you answer this one question for me? Like, I just have a question of advice and usually everyone's super cool about it. So I I think that's why I like comics a lot as an industry is that it's a lot of really nice, cool people that don't want you to get burned like they got burned, you know, or, you know, learn from their mistakes. And then also having the ability because it's in a weird niche. So it's not in Hollywood. It's not in book publishing. It's the weird intersectional Bermuda triangle of like um, self-sustained creators just trying to make a living, just loving what they do. If they go to the Hollywood side and make a ton of money to support their family and all that stuff, great. If they don't, or they end up wanting to make more stuff and then get picked up by Bookside, also great, whatever. But a lot, I feel like are perfectly content being in the Bermuda triangle of just like, existing in their own bubble, making it for what it was. And I think that's a lot of people that collected comics as a kid. Like I've been a collector for probably two decades now. Um, And for people that just like are general comics readers. So as comics readers, one to another, I don't know. I feel like y'all probably get it. What got you into comics? Like what was- I was gonna ask, what 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 is it that she collects? What was, this that, that what was it that hooked you? Like, what was the, it got its tentacles in you, the hooks and you couldn't stop. What was it? It was probably, okay. So I read a ton of manga from like ages eight to like, mm, probably 18. But like when I was 18, I was like, I'm too cool for anime, you know, but I was <laughs> still collecting it on the side. But at that point, probably around like 17 or something like that, I was like collecting comics and stuff. I was really into Spider-Man growing up, like really, really into Spider-Man and then um, kind of switched gears. And I think when I was like, uh, it was like 18, probably I started going to the other shelves and being like, okay, what is this? You mm-hmm. know, and just being able to freely peruse without kind of being stressed out that like, you know, someone was waiting for me in a car, you know, or whatever. <laughs> so um, I, I mean, I collect everything. You both see my shelf behind me. Yes. This is only uh a fifth or a fourth maybe of my books I'm not proud of that but um more recently than not like I am definitely the image collector I am definitely the self-publishing collector um I collect uh a lot of DC like a lot and it's mostly by habit and then I collect very specific Marvel series 
mainly ones that either my friends have done or of a, an obscure license like Howard the Duck or something that I'm like, I have to have that, mm-hmm. you know? So that's awesome. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I am a single issues collector, which is not, um, not a fruitful collection, if you will, <laughs> with uh, investments, but my brain has already stuck on that, you know, like records. Well, records, they, they are, they have a big return, but yes. you know, <laughs> one of those things. So you collect the weird stuff like Howard the Duck and stuff like that. So, okay, that makes sense. And mm-hmm. Spider-Man. So I just found sense. my Charles Barkley uh, with Godzilla comic. That's hot. The other now. day. That's hot because everybody with the Godzilla. I should sell it on eBay. You, yeah. you could make like so many books of that shit right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cash in, speculator market. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't. I can't remember the day that I bought that. Like I couldn't tell you when that was. Because <laughs> we were talking about weird stuff we have in our collection. I have a bunch of Moon Knight. I have like Power Man and Iron Fist. It's never like top tier Marvel people when I have Marvel stuff. And DC is the same. It's like Blue Devil. Blue. blue. I was like, God, the B characters. Were I, was, like... I was such a weird <laughs> fucking kid. That's what I was like. God, I was a weird kid. Yeah. So. I think I spent the majority of like my teens when i was collecting trying to find every single issue of robin possible like ever. Oh, the chuck dixon I, one yeah chuck, yeah. yeah me too i have yeah. all of those which is weird to like say that now yes like, yeah I, I mean it's super unfortunate now but you know <laughs> isn't it um, doesn't it suck like your heroes are assholes yeah yeah <laughs> it's a terrible feeling it was even, terrible for me because i loved that robin thing i thought it was it like was, the greatest idea ever i was like he's sending yeah. robin around the world to train that's amazing yeah it was a good I think at the time I remember being very inspired by it, but you know, five issues. It was like five issues or something. I have them all. It's crazy. I, I made my kid read it. It was weird. And then I, then it came out and I was like, oh, I made my child yeah. read that. You asshole. <laughs> there's a, there a lot of unfortunate awes that seem oh yeah that, 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 that seem to prop up more and more almost every day and it's just like oh really i can't like kevin spacey anymore fine you know it's just yeah it's one of those things like all right cool i'm fine with that we're good you know let's move on to the next one i'm definitely using half of my comics collection obviously the one half that needs to go for like a fire pit frenzy or something to like warm myself when the fire you know when the power goes out something like that just like use it for that's awesome it's good use for it the fire (laughs) the fire this is the fire pit frenzy collection over here i saw weren't you weren't you giving away some of your comps on your twitter feed i saw that yeah so actually they're not comps but funny is i'm a terrible collector in that i accidentally buy the same thing multiple times i do that too because i have a terrible memory so (laughs) i i went through and um one sunday spent six hours and finally alphabetized all the that was my to read pile um (laughs) way too large um and i found a lot of extra stuff and then obviously i realized that like i have friends like gavin smith who uh you know he did dead legends and sent me some extra comps with like you know, he remarked it. So I'm like, well, I'm giving away the one I bought. So I already have, you know, it'll be, yeah. in, you know, in better hands, having somebody else read it, um, multiple copies, but I'm definitely the type of person that purposefully buys like two copies of like a cover I really like or whatever. Cause I'm like, what if I mess one up or whatever? <laughs> what so, if I mess one? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I was taught to buy them that way. Cause my, my brother, um, is a lot older than me and what was a lot older than me. He passed away now. But um, he um, had sons 
who are also older than me, based on my nephews. And they're the ones who taught me like what to do when you collect the comics. So they would be like, you buy one to put away. And it's and it's the 90s. So you buy one to put away. Yep. And then you buy one to read. This will pay for your college, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. swear he said that to me <laughs> you too. You remember like, that? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. If I slid yeah. on my, unfortunately I lived in Florida. I grew up in Florida. So like, I would say 60% of my collection that I would have was destroyed by hurricanes. Ooh, However, same with manga, which kind of sucks, but yeah. you know, it's uh, such as life, but it's a good learning experience because like, uh, you know, inflation and everything now, comics are a lot more expensive. Yes. Um, so I'm very particular about the ones that I only buy two copies of, you know. <laughs> one definitely being like Sexual Gary, bought two copies of that 100%. <laughs> Actually, I accidentally bought three, but that's, you know, okay. Um, uh, things like that, or like a special event, or again, like covers that I like that aren't uh, incentive covers or whatever. So it, it just means that I like it a lot because I'll buy, I'll do that. I used to do that too. I'm just sort of like, oh man, I'm buying it. And then I'm like, I'll go back through my two read and I'm like, I have like three of those. Like, what did I do? I, I must have like really liked that one the following Wednesday and put it in the to read pile and forgot that I liked it and bought it again. Yeah. Or I don't know if y'all ever did this, but I used to buy multiple copies of like comics to use for like not decoupage, but or crafting. And so I used to like, I made shoes with some. Yeah. Like I would like Mod Podge. <laughs> you know i am not creative in that way yeah. that's awesome yeah. that you can do that yeah, i'm not that's not my i'll favorite. show you i'll show you <laughs> my terrible like, my terrible eight-year-old art though it'll be fun feel what on. you're doing because there's a mexican restaurant uh fantastic here in cincinnati that has like a decoupage kind of wall of comics that looks awesome but i can't i've never been crafty that's not my thing that's been my uh, i was a stay-at-home father and I still kind of am. I work a little bit, but like that was my downfall as a stay-at-home dad was crafts. It's like, no, I can't do it. Like I just can't. It's that's not. wild because as a writer, you're like obviously automatically creative. So it's it's but yeah, but it's the digits and cutting and crafting. <laughs> you're like, like I'm definitely gonna cut yeah. a finger off. Yeah, like. I can't. No, it's not my thing, man. <laughs> I can't do it. I just suck at it. But I know my limitations, and my kids are accepting of it, so they know when they want to craft they get mommy. It's like, mommy will help us. So it's like, cool. If you want lunch, I'll make lunch. If you want a fun anecdote, I'll tell you a fun anecdote. Um, if you want to sing and dance, we could do that. But crafting, nah, son, nah. So these are only <laughs> worth something to me, but I drew that when I was like eight. That's beautiful. No, it's, it's awful. Oh my God. <laughs> it's interesting that you because have it so I readily need a full available. Scan of that. Yeah. <laughs> it's awful. It's, it's How legit. How do you still awful. have that? Like I- And I it's right everything. there. It's, and, and like, see, it's like, that's how old it is. It's like Hulk versus the UFOs. And then you, you can see all the ones I planned on doing that for because like this one doesn't have a cover. So like what ended up So you up would happening? draw covers for your comics that didn't have covers? That I lost the covers How to? Yeah, here's a Spider-Man one. We've been friends forever. How yeah, are we but I mean, this? these are comics I had when I was like seven. It, like it's Spider-Man, Firestar, Firestar and uh, Iceman. That's how old that is. That's, that's like an 80s comic. That's Spider-Man and his amazing friends right there. That's the Yeah, jam. it's yeah, old. That's the best. It's, it's what was on TV when I was real little. That's I mean, I'm sure you watched it too, right? I, I did. Lana saw it much later. Liana saw it yeah. much later in life because yeah. she's like 20. <laughs> yeah. She probably yeah. never. Did you see it? Have you seen yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's awful. It's, well, it's on Disney Plus. No, Spider Man oh. and His Amazing Friends is dope, son. Miss mm. Lion, the dog. <laughs> and it's. I mean, wonderful. let's be real. The animation is definitely, you know, 
No, of it's the not time. Yeah, of it's the not time, great. yes. Yeah. But I mean, the Doctor Doom episode is really good. My daughter, when she was like three, we watched, there's one episode with Swarm. And are you familiar with Swarm, the Spider-Man villain? Mm -hmm. He's like a bee guy. I wasn't either. And I'm a huge Spider-Man fan. I had no idea who this guy was. But he turns everybody into bees and like, they make this big hive and stuff. My daughter and I must've watched that episode like 6,000 times because she oh was just gosh. obsessed with the swarm episode of Spider-Man and it was amazing friends. I love so that. yeah, it's crazy. I, I have like bits of dialogue of that episode engraved into my brain that I'll never forget. It's the fucking worst. But you know what's interesting? A lot of people have like you're you're able to replay dialogue from a TV show and stuff like that. I can't do that unless it's integrated into a song. Really? And like I was just you you said Doom and like MF Doom used to sample and like people would make fan videos or whatever of his songs, and so they'd obviously clip from like anything Doom was in. And so I remember seeing parts of that episode only from that. Right? Like. Yeah. And I can only remember stuff from like cartoons if it was sampled in his songs. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like I can't remember. I mean, I could remember things like Star Wars because I've seen it like a bajillion times and stuff, but like cartoons, I can't. My son used to run around the house singing the Spectacular Spider-Man theme song. The one that's like, Spectacular, Spectacular, Spider-Man. That one, the one that's like at the punk rock theme. That's is, the one he's in. That's is the your one. son the type of kid that would like also sing, you know, like jingles from commercials around the house uh sometimes but like the the weirdest thing that he did was like when he would listen to the songs in the car like i like i remember him being like four and there was like an atreyu album that used to play in the car like um and he would sing um you give love the the bat name because he would he, <laughs> the song is about is about batman that's what yeah. he thought the song is about batman dad you give love the bat name and i was like i've totally wow. seen them live like three times <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even like them anymore you know what I mean but it was definitely in those Warped Tour days where like you were obsessed with those four songs Warped on the radio Warped you know Warped Tour yep Warped Tour was the worst like it yeah. was the worst not as bad as like Ozfest though I mean Ooh. Kevin toured with Ozfest Kevin was it did you tour with Ozzy and I remember on, on the big on the big day off yeah, yeah. we were we were we, we were the we were the opening band for the bands that were like what they call the big day off was when the second stage bands would play main stages and small clubs and that's what um she was using to promote the bands on her record label so it was like um it would be different bands on every one so we toured with them and then like sometimes they would bring in like an opening band, a band for us to open for before their other bands, just to provide further separation from the real superstars. <laughs> wow. Yeah. See, again, which is why, you know, also it's on a fairground where like you're literally covered in a complete mud pit. Like, oh no, this was at clubs. These were at oh, clubs. Oh, you do that the day so before it was the big, or whatever? The big, the big day off. So whenever they'd have a day off, they do like whatever venue was near. Like we did the, the Norva here. In did you do the House of Blues Orlando? Back no, I, no, we did. The, the closest we got to Orlando, we played a show in Panama City. Panama? Oh, wow. Panama Ooh. City. Florida. So far. Panama City, Florida. See, see, the length of the state is very long. Yeah, Florida's yes. dumb. Like, I don't yeah. care. Florida's dumb. Because like, when you're a kid, you get to Florida and you're like, cool, be at Disney World in like 20 minutes. And like, nah, motherfucker, mm -hmm. you've got to drive like six more hours to get to Disney World. That shit sucks. It was a, it was a, it was a, it was a bunch more East Coast stuff. Florida like, is bullshit. We didn't play Florida that often. We did Georgia more than we did Florida. We did this. Georgia. We did South Carolina. We did Louisiana. 
Uh, we did Tennessee. We did this small town in North Carolina called Hickory, where like these drunk like like down home guys were just like you know the ceilings these that look like office. Guys. These these like, that, I mean that's the best way I can describe That's them. I'm fine like, with that. The uh, the ceiling was made of that styrofoam shit, like like mm-hmm. an office ceiling was in the club, and they were hanging like the stage lights from these weird things. So like I remember looking at that ceiling, and they were like, "This is the last night we're gonna open. We're open, so it's gonna close after this." We were the first band on. By the first time we played, the whole ceiling looked like a checkerboard of destroyed styrofoam <laughs> was all over the floor. Oh my and gosh! We, and we played first, so I was like, "They destroyed the ceiling by like." like crowd tossing each other up and punching the styrofoam out of the ceiling wow. it was nuts That's crazy. i was like these people are crazy here in hickory because because i guess like they're so close to the tennessee border they never got to see shows so we were going into tennessee so i was like this is nuts these people that's also crazy. what floridians do <laughs> <laughs> I like how you keep i've done some wild stuff i have done some wild <laughs> stuff i will never talk about it publicly come on tell us one thing one tell thing. us the, the tamest um, thing you can we need at least one no no i want the most buck wild crazy shit in the whole wide world tell she's right not gonna now. tell us that you so tell us the she tame can make up a, she's a storyteller she can make something up Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> something up. I'm such a bad liar. You'd know immediately. I can't play that Among Us game without sweating and being like, uh, uh. Um, I'm, I'm the imposter. Uh, I'm done. <laughs> there was, oh, okay. This isn't that wild. Okay. But um, because there's not a lot of like shows or comedians or whatever, uh, Doug Benson was going to be at Back Booth, which is like a really tiny club. It's okay. like, Small, small, small bands. And I mean, this isn't wild back at the time. This is like post music days. But I was like tweeting at him being like, let's hang out. Let's take pictures. Back booth have, they're like famously known for like these really, really old um, photo booths or whatever. And I was like, let's take photo booths. And like, he actually responded was like, oh, I'm going to be in Orlando or whatever. Now I realize later on being like, wow, that's really weird. I shouldn't have done that. But you know, being a fan, I was just like, let's hang out or whatever. But we did actually get to hang out with him or like after the show closed up or whatever, I like introduced myself. I was like, hey, what's up? And he was super cool. And he recorded my outgoing voicemail message that I kept for like four years. And I don't, remember why I was such a huge fan I mean like he was hilarious back in the day but oh and then uh follow up to the hut two years ago San Diego Comic-Con Vita and I are walking on the street and I see Doug Benson and I was just like Doug Benson really loud and he turned around and like waved and that was it that's the whole story that's the wild wild west days of Twitter where you could do shit like that like yeah because Twitter wasn't like what it is now. no I remember because we used to do I used to do a commercial radio show way back in the day and this was like 2009 and we had a question for LeVar Burton of all people because I was in this Star Trek phase which I still am I still watch Star Trek religiously I love it I just um, started it for the real, first time which, ever in my entire life get out of town now where did you start next generation okay how far along into next generation are you at this point like six episodes okay, okay it gets it gets much better it gets better I'm gonna tell I you, like it it's corny I love it it is corny but it gets better and I'm gonna tell you Deep Space Nine is where it's at. Okay. That's just that's cool. just the jam. Like that's that's the you'll, real deal. You'll know TNG is good when Riker has a beard. Before yes. that, it's yeah. Like, once his beard comes in, he you know. It, and I'm not <laughs> saying that because I am a fan of beards. I'm just saying. Okay, like, but you said Le, Le, Lamar Burton. Lavar right? Burton. Yeah. Lavar. Yeah, yeah. Lavar. Lavar sorry. Burton. So we had a question for him. We were talking about him on the air, and we were like, "Hey, let's just tweet him and see if he wants to come on the show." 
And he did. And we talked to him for like 45 minutes. Twitter just, used to be magical. Twitter was what well, we did the same yeah. thing with Kevin Smith. Do you remember when Kevin Smith was too fat to be on an airplane? Yes. Oh my gosh. Uh, that was I the do. United. Yes. Days, right? Yeah. Yeah, yes. that was yeah, that was like forever ago. We just tweeted at him like, hey, you want to talk about it? And he we gave him the phone number and he called us up and Kevin Smith talked to us for like 45 minutes about being fat on a plane. What? <laughs> yeah. Twitter used to be really awesome. <laughs> now it's like a total shit show. But yeah, back in the day, Twitter was pretty great. Now he has like a podcast conglomerate and like yeah. you know, he could probably own his own flight of plans. He's doing everything that we're talking about with like the 10,000 fans. He's got his audience yes. and he just kind of speaks to them and does his thing. Now you mentioned mm -hmm. this earlier, you've been throwing out so many little kind of uh, kind of strings that I want to pull and ask you about because we were talking about music. You're also a drummer, yes? Right, I was yes. going to say that. Yeah, How's, <laughs> you, you're like a new drummer. Have you been drumming for a long time or? Yeah, so I actually got my set uh, Christmas last, uh, the year before last, so a year and one month or whatever ago. I always wanted to drum. Uh, oh, it's great. I mean, I think I'm somewhat okay. Uh, <laughs> not a bar to, you know, strive for, but it's fine. But it's actually really like, I know this sounds probably really weird, but it's great for my mental health. Um, you know, I don't have, I wouldn't say that I have any issues with like anger or anything like that, but I definitely get very anxious and I think it's great for my anxiety. <laughs> who knew? That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, who knew that banging on things and making a lot of noise would be good for anxiety, yes. you know? Yeah. That's wonderful. We just got our kids a, a drum set and they've been really digging it. So it's been kind of cool. So that's been fun. Who plays it's drums really more? great for like focus. And, um, you know, if I ever am like really overwhelmed with work or like can't decide what to do or accidentally cycle through like Twitter and email and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, I need to step away. Do I want to go outside? Probably not. Okay, I'll go drum instead, <laughs> like a couple songs. So I love it. It's been honestly a life changer. It makes me very happy. So what kind of music do you like playing on the drums? Um, mostly, I would say like indie rock, metal, hip hop. Okay. Mostly, because you can yep. kind of like swear in between. Uh, this week specifically, I've been trying to learn a whole bunch of White Stripe songs. Okay. Uh, to surprise my partner and then um, I have been learning a couple parquet court songs and let's see I love disco that's really a all weird right. all right no, I mean weird disco's... sentence but I like listening to disco and making up beats really favorite disco bizarre. band favorite disco band yeah um I mean it's probably going to be everybody's answer but either I would say Hall and Oates though a lot of people probably don't consider them disco. They're not disco. Or the Bee Gees. <laughs> okay. The, uh, the Bee Gees yeah. is disco. The Bee Gees, yeah, I mean, they kind of created the genre. Like they, that was the whole thing, mm -hmm. you know? That's cool. I, yeah. I think, I, I love Hall & Oates. So do I. Like that was my answer when I was in a metal band. They asked what my favorite band was and it was legit. I, my sister was was like big on listening to like um, Donna Summer and like The Police um so god, like donna summer oh my god what a yeah. fucking queen and goddess like, <laughs> you were right every time i listen to her it's like you're transported to another dimension like bad bad girl <laughs> i was seven years old singing bad girls like <laughs> but, I mean, it, it stuck with me to this day i still do that that's girl um and then the police she would listen to the police and like queen and like all that stuff was ingrained into me through that 
Um, and I used to listen to all that stuff. Hall and so, Oates is like, great. The blonde, I love Hall and Oates. Blonde, blue-eyed soul, my man. You can't I was go in a metal band. We were, being, we were being interviewed by a metal magazine, and they're like, "What are your favorite bands?" And my guitar player goes, "Don't ask him. He's gonna answer something that's embarrassing." And I'm like, "I am." It's Hall, that Hall makes me so sad because like metal is what <laughs> got me into like drumming and like I love drumming or whatever and metal culture so bad. I mean, primarily why we're making fun of it and true call because like. I'm a huge metal fan and Same. we, you know, being a woman in the metal like, scene, <laughs> yeah. not a great, not a good, you know? Yes. Yeah. So I think that's probably why we connected. I feel like so quickly. Is talked music about that metal lot. or yes. Well, I mean, yeah. metal, like metal music is ridiculous. And like the problem with metal music is that it is ridiculous and the fans take it way too serious. And I don't get that. Like that's the part that y'all ever seen some King Diamond fans. Oh my God. They're ridiculous. <laughs> they're ridiculous. Well, King Diamond himself is ridiculous. So I mean, it goes, with, I mean, if you're or a up, true, like, uh, artist, like genius, you know, yeah, it's one of the two, it's, it's, it's a toss up. I'd say Dio has him beat. So like, God rest his soul. Up. Uh, yes i mean you know, mm-hmm. the, he's God the metal midget he, he lived in a castle he was he was legit he was legit trying to be that guy like what's you know, y'all's favorite metal band uh is it are you talking about newer kevin like, i know your answer you only get yeah. one you only get well, one it's because i grew up trying to skateboard to them so kevin's kevin's answer is anthrax it is it is uh, so, yeah. uh, i grew up trying to skate to thrash music so nice I, it was anthrax and megadeth and metallica all that shit was big when i was in middle school <laughs> back I mean, patches I'm, I'm were big an, i'm more of an older soul and they're not i don't know if you could classify them metal but i would say led zeppelin oh so good you know i went to a wedding like 10 years ago and they played led zeppelin like all night and i was like yes yeah that's pretty awesome rate us that it's was like college. good for yeah. any occasion yeah you can be real stoned listening to Zeppelin because <laughs> there's nothing better than a 26 minute drum solo when you're baked out of your face. Like, <laughs> no, it's really wonderful. Like, I, I, I've wasted so many hours of my life. What did you do watch- Friday night? Listen to Led Zeppelin I just listened for a very to, long time. I just listened to the B side of Song Remains the Same live at Madison Square Garden for 26 minutes of a drum solo. That's what I did. Like, <laughs> and wow. He, like, and he, yeah. would also, he would also get really high and watch the videos though. The oh, movie. I mean, you've, I, you have have you seen the movie song remains the same yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> go watch it he's gonna he's gonna tell i you. will the only i will music... gift it to you i will gift it to you somehow I'll on amazon it. so you can watch this thing it is a fucking ridiculous it's led <laughs> it's led zeppelin at the height of their power it's like 74 75 have we just did i accidentally unlock something yes this, you did yes yes this bobby is, is really my, the goat wizard in metal it's one in metal of my favorite things in the whole world it's 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 led zeppelin at the height of their powers they play madison square garden three nights in a row okay and so they basically splice together this concert film which is pretty cool to watch led zeppelin fucking rock and roll in 1975 just blow the doors off madison square garden mm-hmm. but the cool part about it is in between the songs and during the music there's like little vignettes of like fantasy worlds where Robert Plant is a Viking riding a ship through crashing waves and like has sword fights and shit. And like, <laughs> With- it's fucking insane. 
and people and they made this and the studio went yeah that's fine put it out i don't care yeah, yeah jimmy yeah, jimmy page it. is a wizard and like <laughs> jimmy page is he's this guy climbing a mountain and we ripped this all off in metal we, Shark, bro. yeah we did he's we this guy climbing this mountain who gets to the top of the mountain and there's this wizard there who spins his wand and jimmy page turns from like jimmy page to an old man to a baby to like a bunch of cells and it's fucking great <laughs> it's wonderful it's fucking wonderful. I tool shows were like super psychedelic and wild but i feel like after watching this i'll have a transformative experience it's really fun you will and then you can just see john bonham with a cow because john bonham's video is just like him being a manly dude so there's like (laughs) he's driving like a funny car and he's in a pub drinking a beer playing pool he's playing drums and he's using a jackhammer no he's wearing a jackhammer He's rocking a jackhammer wearing like a blazer. And then there's just him holding a cow. <laughs> Ridiculous, but it's so much fun. He's milking the cow. No, he's no, he's holding the cow. Like he's oh, okay. just holding the, the rope of the cow. It's <laughs> fucking brilliant. Like it's so good. I thought I was like an edgelord for like having had watched the LCD sound system DVD like eight times and like watching all of my bootleg queens of the stone age and caius oh, i love, I love queens, queens of the stone age, age. they're so much fun they were fun fact behind me is like every single pressing of any record that's ever come out really? by caius uh yeah the middle in between before caius and queens of the stone age mm-hmm. i forget what it's called um all of the queens of stone age original self-titled stuff um and any single queens of the stone age family record so we played so, like, in richmond with caius Really? I love Kai. Yes, love before Kai's. we They're had a awesome. record deal, yeah. we played in Richmond with Caius because they weren't Queens it. of the Stone Age yet. Mm-hmm. They were I'm not there yet. Up. They had a different singer. The guy had dark hair. It was long, dark hair. When yeah, I don't know Kai's. that guy's name, but he's. I don't he's remember still, his name either. Do you listen to like the Desert Session stuff too? Do you? Like oh, that? absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Desert Session stuff is. Great. I actually have all of that too. I'll show you That's after awesome. we're done recording. <laughs> so cool. Like Liana, you're the coolest. Yes. Oh my gosh. We haven't even gotten to the fact that you're doing a Star Wars book yet. Like. That's got to be the craziest shit in the whole wide world, right? I am very stressed out. <laughs> um, no, I love it so much. My my editor uh, is incredibly cool. Um, uh, Elizabeth is, uh, you know, she she's fucking rad, and I'm really excited. So I, yeah, I, I don't. I'm I'm still speechless. So it's it's a an experience that I'm still working my way through. I can tell like you're, you're having a hard time putting the words together. What's your, now is this like an ongoing thing or a one shot or what's your Star Wars story about? No, so um, it's gonna be a one shot split between two issues from what I understand. Uh, Sam Mags is writing it, which is awesome. Okay. Um, and it's a Luke and Leia story. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's very cool. So I actually called my brother, um, no one knows this, uh, but I called my brother when I got the news before like I knew anything was happening and I told him about it and he was so proud of me and we are, I would say we're close, but we're not, we don't like, we talk like three times a year. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're, we're just those type of people. And so the level of like endearment and like sincerity in his voice when he's like, I'm so proud of you, blah, blah, blah. I was just like, I think that means a lot too. <laughs> so it's really exciting it's I mean um my mom kind of grew us up on um like Jim Henson movies and stuff like that and Star Wars was the one up where I was just like oh like totally blown away how you know unique and creative it was so you know being a huge Star Wars fan as it is and even bigger uh 
way larger fan than normal people, you know. <laughs> it's totally fine. I'm fine. <laughs> awesome. I get it. The dark yeah. crystal was that for me. So I, I love it. the dark crystal. I do too. Oh my, it, my son's traumatized by it though, because I tried to make him watch. He's like, this is scary. I don't want to see it. Oh, when you're like, young, you can't watch that. I had to wait. Like there was a good seven years in between rewatching it because I was just like, those vultures scare the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean you're gonna I, this murder is, me my mom used to think all cartoons were kit for for kids so like this is a funny story so when i was little she put on watership down the cartoon mm. so and like that is not something that you should let your seven-year-old watch because like i was traumatized <laughs> by the rabbits killing each other i was like oh but like i watched it all the way through because i was like technically i'm technically an only child between my mom and my dad um so like the tv was their way of like go babysit yourself so like that was absolutely a traumatizing moment with the rabbits so like when we were in the theater with the dark crystal was like i'm like mom i'm scared she's like don't worry about mom, it. i'm scared don't worry about it she's like napping in the movie theater because she worked <laughs> all the time. don't worry well, about it you'll be all right here, like i, I want to be like the type of mom that's like my kid will be fine and like fall asleep you know <laughs> oh, they'll be good yeah you'll be fine and i was but i was but the, for the first part of the movie like you said i was like oh i'm scared but like it ends up it ends good anytime my family got together like the tv like you said was like the babysitter and mm -hmm. so like my way older cousin would show my cousin and i who are the same age and like my brother like weird stuff i remember watching akira for the first time and just oh having like nightmares for like six <laughs> weeks after being like what is this blobby monster that's gonna come kill me and i love that people are like i love uh horror anime and stuff like that and i definitely feel like it falls underneath that in some sort of level and um uh that's probably why i like that kind of stuff a lot but like you know watching aeon flux really late at night on mtv or mm -hmm. like weird stuff like that just kind of i guess formed that entire brand aesthetic eventually yeah, yeah. totally that's wonderful i feel like we've been doing this for almost an hour so i feel like if you have to go you can if you want to stay on and chit chat and you're more than welcome you're a wonderful guest you've got so much shit going on i know you probably want to get to bed because you've got like a whole day to conquer tomorrow of interneting and, <laughs> and, and tweeting and star warsing like in queens of the stone age records to listen to i mean before we let you go what's your favorite queens of the stone age song um okay it's a tie between probably three because how dare you ask me that okay i mean i'm a, i love queens of Stone, so i gotta ask so it's it was and i say was an asterisk my favorite band of all time really um, what happened what, what what was there a falling out between you and josh home like what happened <laughs> yeah he kicked me in the face like the oh. photographer um just kidding <laughs> no uh i you know michael schumann made mini mansions and oops, now I love them more. Okay. Um, and right. you know, your tastes change when you grow up and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I would say it's a tie between, I was a teenage hand model. Okay. Um, born to Hula. And um, Can I just pick the entire songs for the Deaf album? Like, how are you I, supposed to pick a fucking yeah, song from that? You know what I mean? Like, especially knowing that Dave was a part of the album, yes. you're like, all right. But probably intro songs song, uh, and or songs. The entire, the fact that the Avalanches sampled the fucking radio from Songs from the Deaf album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like literally the first time I listened to that song, because, you know, even though I know it's not their newest album, 
but obviously it only came out two years ago or whatever the avalanches i was like crying while walking down the street hearing <laughs> that and just a small sample of it it's it's just so good it's so good the one thing i miss about new queen stuff is i miss mark lanigan me too i he really is... i really because josh home has a cool voice but mm-hmm. there's just something about when lanigan comes in to kind of break it up did you listen to hawk um, no, I've never listened to Hawk. Either. Oh my no. God. That entire album, him and uh, what's her face. So good. Oh God. It's so good. You have, have to, to listen that to that immediately tomorrow. Now, it is now, such a good album. Have you heard of, he does a wreck. He does some stuff called the gutter twins. Have you heard of that with Greg Dooley? I've listened to a lot of gutter twins. I, w- oh. I cannot say I'm as like tuned in as I would be for like, um, obviously I sweethead. Yeah. really like you know probably have all their weird b-sides and stuff from like band camp stuff um i actually we own one of um troy van lewin's pedals oh that's pretty cool um uh many mansions obviously like i think i d- alan johannes like i listened to a lot more of his stuff than i did any of mark lanigan so like okay. any of mark lanigan's side stuff like not as well versed. i would say 70 percent Okay, because yeah, he does. Lanigan has a side project he did with Greg Dooley from the Mm -hmm. Afghan Wigs and the Twilight Singers, who they're my all time favorite group ever. Like, I just love it. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, I will listen to that tomorrow if you listen to Hawk. Okay, I totally will. Here, hang on. I'm gonna Google that right now. Uh, Yeah, make himself a new. But yeah, it's it's (laughs) definitely like Songs for the Deaf was probably the greatest like rock and roll record of of the of the 2000s like it just came out you're like this is fucking what's amazing. their first album called everything about it uh what, it's just ra- self-titled yeah the, it's self-titled okay, it's- then you have rated r and then uh songs for the deaf and then lullabies to paralyze and lullabies mm-hmm. to paralyze was okay i actually like that one really you're gonna kill me i like that one a lot more than rated r <laughs> okay yeah okay i can see that it's a little more yeah. mature there's a bit more kind of mature themes on it it's, it's mosquito songs so yeah good. mosquito songs really cool oh. and then they did um what came out after lullabies villains no villains was their latest i really like the newest one a lot too uh era vulgaris yeah How i like you forget yeah 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 i'm sorry man. the iconic i'm just kidding Whoa, the artist gatekeep me bro on <laughs> quiz and stone age you did you got you me. just gatekeeped i am the truest friend all right all right i believe you <laughs> so there can be only I'm one totally she's gonna highlight i have it. actually i have that is my one weird thing like that a lot of comics people don't know is that like i have traveled to seen them see them like 15 times really outside of florida yeah. that's awesome i've only seen them once and it was fucking amazing it was during the songs of the deaf tour and it was great and uh, i don't want to tell you this i interviewed him yeah, he, he see. You think you want to talk to me about cool stuff? He's got he's got cool interview stories you want to hear. Tell what? Him, tell her about the disturbed guy interview. That's hilarious. Oh uh, yeah. That guy, yeah that one. <laughs> what? It's yeah. this is hilarious. We, oh my um, god. We used to do like we would go to venues and interview people, and we just we interviewed the disturbed guy. And I'm not gonna. I mean, disturbed sucks. Like they're just not great. And and the whole why? Wow. <laughs> definitely for a certain yeah. uh, type of. That, I, and, I don't hate um, any fans of anything. <laughs> I'm gonna say disturbed sucks, and they're not for me. And like the guy, he used to do the wah thing, and he would take himself so he took himself very seriously. And we had taken that wah thing and just kind of made it a drop where we could kind of put it wherever we wanted to. So we were interviewing him. 
and it was very awkward because we didn't like him and he didn't like us because we were kind of dicks and not real. We weren't dicks, but we were You're not. You're a radio show, right? So, yeah, like, yeah. He has to automatically be braced because like he's either like, I'm going to be made fun of for the next 45 minutes. We did. This is going to be great. We weren't really taking his band seriously. We were just trying to talk to him like we're talking to you and it wasn't going well. And we were on location. So we had a board out back in the studio who kept hitting the wah thing over and over again. And he was like, I don't find that funny at all. It's an expression of, of my art. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like it was, it was like, yeah, it was tense, but he's- yeah, If you but, can't make fun of yourself, I, then, that makes me sad. Then what are I, I try to make fun of myself as often as possible to not take myself too seriously. The guy from Disturbed took himself really seriously and he still had the metal things coming from his yeah, face. Well, I'll give That's you when the he other had side the looks. Of I'll hosts. give you the other side of that. So like I said, we would open up for bands on the big day off. The headliner was Disturbed. Not so cool. the band that went on before us was a band called Ultra Spank. So if you've ever heard of Ultra Spank, they're I have surprisingly. Yeah, they're, they're awesome. I love Ultra Spank. Those guys are great. Jeff and Pete, the singer Pete and Jeff are the two nicest fucking guys in the entire world. Cause we were like following them around in a fucking Econoline van and they would be like, come on guys, come on Club Ultra Spank. Well, that, that was their tour bus like that they had that the label had rented them. So they would always like invite us to come there and drink with them and hang out with them because they knew where we were. They'd been there. It was that kind of thing. Like, well, we're going to like take you guys under our wing because we like you and you yeah. guys are all super nice guys. Well, Disturbed was that nobody liked them. <clears throat> nobody. They're dicks. They're nobody. dicks. Because like, well, Mudvayne was playing. <laughs> Mudvayne, Mudvayne was Mudvayne! opening. It was, it was, it was, this is how it would go. Mudvayne was, I mean, say we what play, you want. It was stupid, play. but they had a thing. Like, they're, I, like I appreciate all 2000s metal bands. I like they're together. A lot of, together. They're yeah. a lot of shitty 2000 metal bands, though. It's like, yeah. And I was in one of them. So hold on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so like, it would be like us when the house lights are coming up and then to like the time when people are starting to get settled. Then after us, it would be Nothing Face, who used to play out of Baltimore. And then, um, and they were awesome. I love Nothing Face. They're great. Um, and then, and I think the guitar players now is in Hell Yeah. So then, then after Nothing Face, um, it would be Ultra Spank and then Mudvayne and then Disturbed. So at the Norva is one of the few ven venues that has like all this cool stuff in the back because it's brand new. So it's got like a hot tub back there. There's all kinds of crazy shit going it's on. It's really there. crazy back there. It's yeah. super fun. And they have like a shower area and stuff like that. Yeah, they have we're a not used to that. Makes they sense. But they have a, a basketball tub. court. Well, they, the hot tub is weird because it's the, brand new. Like most venues we played didn't even have any place to shower. Like most venues we played were like, I, like a, I guess the best way I could put it would be like um, Ziggy's House of Blues in like um, South Carolina or like. Um, the boathouse in Norfolk, Virginia, where like you have a backstage area, but it's like it's legit, like just a long corridor with like a couple of rooms well, where you can. The Norva used to be an athletic club, like way back. It's in Norfolk, Virginia. It used to be like a like a fancy pants gymnasium or something. Um, so then they kind of revamped it into this beautiful concert hall. I mean, it's fantastic. Like, cause Kevin and I are from the same area and yeah. we used to, I used to interview people in there and it's just this, I mean, they have a fucking basketball court. Like they have all kinds of cool shit. It's crazy. Like it's beautiful back there, man. I so mean, the singer from Dis back there. It was awesome. So the singer from Disturbed was telling people that they couldn't go in certain places because they're, they're the headliners yeah. and stuff like that. And so like, I remember we played first. So by the time they played, I was fucking drunk. 
Like you guys think that like the three beers and stuff at Heroes is no, that's nothing. I mean, I was like, <laughs> we're gonna do dumb shit. Let's go do dumb shit. So Pete and I from Ultra Spank decide that we're gonna go and run through the hot tub area and just be douchebags because we're not supposed to do that, which could get you kicked off the tour. I said for us, we could get kicked off the tour. But like, of course, I'm like eight tequilas in i am thinking not of getting kicked off yeah no one's thinking of that i'm thinking of what is the most absolute stupid fun we can have and that is ruining this guy's night because he's a d-bag so we run through there while he's in the hot tub um with ladies and like he starts getting all upset but you know he can't get out of the hot tub because i'm not sure if he's wearing clothes or not and pete's like you're a douchebag dumb and like thank you for this gem of a story it's the ridiculousness of being in a band um and i almost slip in the water from the hot tub and bust my ass with my drunk running self to get out the other door before he gets out of the hot no. tub with his angry self but like and he was and he's, he's very, short he's very little that's what I was yeah he's say. short so i was like when he little. got out i was like what is he gonna do beat me he's, up I, he's I'm like, like five a, inches taller than him he's the size of a toddler <laughs> like he's a very little person he's five foot like, seven he's really yeah. small listen and, i'm smaller than five foot seven don't hate yeah I'm but i mean more. for a man that kind of projects himself as like this big tough guy to be like five foot seven it's a really kind of have you heard of his lord and savior danzig (laughs) yes i love danzig he's the best he is also a douche though yes but but at least danzig has owned his kind of doucheness and to some extent deserves that that kind of doucheness that praise and worship i mean he's fucking danzig well he told the 12 year old kid when i was like we we played with um a, a band uh, the night before and then he was playing so we went to go see them is this play Danzig with the other or yeah the this other is guy. Danzig okay and so they like introduced us to, to like everybody in his band and the bass player Yvonne was cool John Christ the guitar player was cool of course Chuck Biscuits was super they all have stupid cool. names which is always fun it's really funny but like Chuck Biscuits Chuck Biscuits was in Black Flag though so yeah. like you know he was amazing to me so like but then Danzig is like mean to this kid and so then I waited in line to tell him like that, that was a d-bag move and he looked at me like sitting on the bus steps like he was gonna punch me from the seated position. I'm like, what am I kneecap? And I just like walked away. I mean, he, he should he would probably he break will. my kneecap. Yeah. He'd probably break oh, my kneecap. Oh, absolutely. He's packing yeah. like, you know, not tons of power in those like pecs, man. Yeah. <laughs> not, anymore. not anymore. And he, he would wear the he would wear the the fishnet shirts. Oh shit. yeah. Like, oh yeah. Danzig. Like open the, vest, no shirt yeah. too. The, the, the other look. The dancing aesthetic is something that I think we could all strive to absolutely one day. But uh, Liana, this is wonderful. You're great. Like you're you're seriously wonderful. Um, to, where can we find you on social? Like where where can we do all that? Like tell us your Twitch and your Discord and your get your hustle on your MySpace, yeah. and all that shit. Like tell tell us. I where have a you MySpace. Are. You both are definitely in my top nine now. Thank yeah. you so much for having me on. And um, this has been the most pleasant experience, obviously, because you both let me do a really cool variant cover for Ninja Nuns that well, you can not- now buy. <laughs> <laughs> you're like we don't want to talk about our stuff we're not talking about you we're talking about you i know i'm really excited you can buy the variant cover on i believe scout's website um you can find my patreon which is where you can get really cool access to like a patreon only discord which a lot of the twitch uh subscribers also are in and we hang out we talk uh you know i send a lot of private like work in progress stuff you know that i don't usually share on twitter um, I even send mail of really cool shit like stickers and prints and things. Um, that's patreon.com slash Liana Kingus. And you can find me on Twitch, 
at twitch.tv slash Liana Kangas and I tweet a shit ton at <laughs> the same Liana Kangas where you can find all my comic updates essentially. I do the same for Instagram, but you know, that platform's kind of dying. So I do what I can and, you know, make the best of it. Um, but otherwise, you know, you can find me at my website at lianakangas.com. There you go. Yeah. Thank you so much Thank for you. coming on. Dude, you-, you guys are the best. Like, no. this is the fun. <laughs> Pshaw. I don't think I've laughed this much on a podcast in so long. Well, I mean, you have your own show that hopefully now you I just want do- the dancing aesthetic. Like, yeah, that's I mean, what I want. you can do that. You've got the leather coat. You're halfway. You the, yeah, that's you true. just need to get the the like the, the UFC crosses. fighter gloves and like and, and the and the and the dancing cross and steal like um what was that guy's name's art uh, Christopher Golden's art. Yeah, just there. do that. Yeah. There. And you're and you're in. I will say though, I like Danzig more than any of his other bands. I like Hamzig better than Danzig. I like Danzig a lot. I, th- I love the the weird kind of Elvisy bluesy rock and roll vibe really that he's good. got. It's really goofy, but it's, it's it was weird. Nice. It was kind of weird that he was in comics for a short bit, but you know, it's fine. Those were, those were fucking weird comics. Oh, I, I mean, still have them. <laughs> they were weird. Yes. I've never read the Danzig Dude, comics. I would love if to see I can them. find them. I'll send you pictures. Dude, I'm gonna tell you this just before we go, and then you can leave it in. There what are the Danzig? Now I want to know what the Danzig comics are about. I'm getting ready to tell like, you what one of the yeah. stories is. It's like let her let our guest tell us. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh no, I don't remember. Isn't it okay. Satanica? <laughs> it's Satan- I haven't opened those literally since. Okay, I collected all the Guar comics when they were coming out. Which who knows what publisher that was? Yeah. But that's yeah. when I was buying them, and I have since put them away and packed them away and never <laughs> opened again. It's it's like okay, I'm gonna tell you what it's about. Like <laughs> this is the story I remember, and this make is it make it quick because I, I want to let her go. Basically, the whole the whole <laughs> twist of the story is this guy like tricks this lady into having sex with him and he thinks he's like this predator the whole time and he's like getting her in bed and everything so they're like doing it and she's like tied him up in some bsdm stuff and is like are you into cutting and he's like i'll be into whatever you want me to be in you're a perfect 10 he says like some weird like dancing dancing stuff yeah she murders him right just straight up she she starts cutting herself and cutting him and then bleeding on him and like rolling around and then rolling around in her blood and the sheets. And the next morning he wakes up and she's like, I just, I just need to tell you that I have AIDS and now you have it too, probably. What? No, <laughs> a, I swear. No, you cannot like put this no in the way. podcast. This it is. is I, I'm telling no you, way. I'm telling you, that's the one of the stories. I might edit that out. one of them into a horror movie it's, that's it's like out to be on like Shutter horror. right now. Like, it's supposed to really? be a horror story. Yeah, there's one that's like a movie that's being yeah, released that, or that really released. Released. That, that everybody said was terrible. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, absolutely. But he took it seriously. So, like, if if he ever yeah, he does. Like, he's dancing. He's gonna yeah. beat us up for Hamzig, but like, I'm okay with that. Whatever. I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet about. I'm, it I am much. Don't taller. tweet. I'm going to ruin my brand. I am much taller than Danzig and I will just stick my hand out and he won't be able to get to me like Popeye. And the Danzig, if you're listening to this, I do love you. I have been to many of your shows. I have said nothing wrong about the Danzig brand. I love Danzig. Again, I'm pushing for the Danzig aesthetic here. Like that's what I think we should all do. I'm gonna get us beat up, Bob, because there's a better story. <laughs> Look, yeah. we can Gibby Clark Danzig. Do you remember the guy from Guns N' Roses beat the fuck out of him? Oh, yeah, Vivian Clark, he did knock him out. He just but like cold cocked him. So I mean I mean, I might be able to take him. I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen Danzig in a long time. But again, we're roping uh, Leanna into all this, and she doesn't need to be a, a party to any of this. I appreciate because you, she's going places where we are not. Well, no, we're we're going to fight Danzig. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna step 
over y'all like the entire you guys fighting let's like, write a comic about trying to fight danzig that'd be amazing <laughs> i'm in Wait, all right we gotta Only go because we got right man okay of course you're gonna draw it are you crazy yeah. <laughs> you're gonna draw danzig beating the crap out of us it'll be the best time you ever yeah. had drawn comics. oh absolutely right, so again <laughs> leanna thank you so much thank for coming you. on we really appreciate it and, and much continued success to you yes Thank you, dudes. You guys are the best. No, stop it. All right, that was Liana Kangas, who was wonderful and terrific and great and so wonderful. And a man, like, she's... That was fantastic. That's two weeks in a row. We've had wonderful mm-hmm. interviews. We've been having really great guests and it's been a lot of fun to talk yeah. to them and to have you guys listen to us talk to them because hopefully you have as much fun listening to it as we do talking to them. It's just a lot of silly giggling and good times. Um, you can find her at uh, lianacangas.com. You can follow her on Twitter, get her on Twitch, Discord, all that stuff, man. She's out there. She's doing her thing and she's having great success and we couldn't be happier for her. God God bless. God bless that that woman. What a, what a talent. What a wonderful what a, person. What a cool person more than anything yeah. else. What a cool person. And she's, she was totally, she knows more about fucking Queens of the Stone Age than I could possibly ever imagine. She does so, more than you do, which is a rarity. I mean, she was blow. Yeah. She's got all that shit on vinyl and stuff, but that's you, what happens you, when you, you have expendable income. <laughs> you got put on blast. I know. She totally gatekeeps me. Whatever. Let's not talk about that. Let's not talk about that. So yeah. So thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another fantastic show. Uh, listen to us on Spotify. Listen to us on iTunes. Go to the website. Word Buy Bros, books. thewordbros.com and uh, hit the little banner right there uh, that says buy our books and you can buy some Word Bro merchandise for yourself. So dig that and we'll talk to you guys next week. You're listening to the Word Bros podcast, thewordbros.com.